Josh Peterson, Connor Happer, John Bishop with you today for another half hour brought to you exclusively by Shucks and absolutely fresh seafood, the best seafood in Omaha. Also brought to you by Tickets for Less. Just kind of recapping again what has unfolded if you are just joining us. Matt Rule was announced as Nebraska's newest head coach about three hours ago. A press conference coming Monday afternoon at 1.30. Of course, you'll be able to hear that uh, in the midst of the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. Trey Palmer's career at Nebraska, his career has finished up. Uh, the sounds like both special teams, the kicker and the punter, those guys will be returning. Uh, other than that, don't really have a whole lot of information. Let's see what happens with recruiting over the next few days uh, as well. Matt Rule actually joined ESPN's College Game Day a couple hours ago, so he has already started making the rounds. Uh, looked like he was at a beach somewhere, maybe, and he tweeted out a picture yesterday, right, with his dogs. Uh, maybe he was yeah. at Cape May yesterday. I think. Okay, yeah. so yeah, the final couple days off before the grind of December gets going uh, once more. There have been guys, quite a few people that have asked today, of course, about Mickey Joseph. Uh, don't know anything about Mickey Joseph just yet. So I imagine that when Matt Rule speaks, uh, almost 48 hours from right now, 48 and uh, 49 and a half hours, that will be one of the early questions. Yeah. But another name. You should have I, a pretty good idea, by the way, by then. I would right. agree. Do you, you think so? I was just about to ask, Connor, do you think that we'll know for certain um, what Mickey Joseph's fate is going to be? I mean, I mean, Rule's not even physically here in the state yet. Yeah. If if he were to make an overture to Mickey Joseph and want to keep him, would would there be enough time for those two to get together and figure out that that's a good fit? Or should we I guess maybe maybe wait a few more days to see what's going to happen? Because I'm sure Mickey is going to try to figure out what he wants to do next. Because yeah. to my knowledge, he has never – his coaching circles and Matt Rule's coaching circles have never overlapped. So, you know, there's got to be a process of wanting to understand – you know, is this a guy that I want to work for? Well, how it usually works, I, and I, it doesn't have to work this way every time. We'll see how high of a priority, I guess, Matt Rule makes it. But I guess w- with holdovers from the previous staff, a lot of times the the new coach will bring in the his for sure guys, right? Whoever mm-hmm. he, he knows he's going to bring. And then you sort of see where it lands after that. And if Mickey Joseph, you know, if he fits in there seamlessly, then great. So maybe we, maybe you're right, John, maybe we won't know that answer, but I assume Mickey's, you know, that's pretty high on the priority list of things you need to sort of knock out. Will he stay or will he go like early? Um, and I guess, you know, I, maybe that at least is addressed within the next 48 hours. Maybe we don't know the answer, but it's at least, you know, communicated between those two and what sort of is going to happen. This much we do know, um, I, I shouldn't say no, but I feel very confident in saying this. When Matt Rule arrives in Lincoln, he will sit down with Mickey Joseph rather soon, just from the mere standpoint of, here's the guy who has the keys to the car. He's going to turn the keys over to you. Hey, what's my situation yeah, right now? Yeah, let me now? know about it, yeah. Yeah, there's, so there's going to be communication there, and then whether or not that initial communication involves a, hey, are you interested in working for me, or am I interested in working with you, um is is remains to be seen should mention frisman jackson was matt rule's last wide receivers coach uh at baylor he is now with the pittsburgh steelers also this is the name i was gonna mention the matt rule the last wide receivers coach to work for matt rule with the carolina panthers was former nebraska quarterback joe daly 
Yeah, mm-hmm. someone just asked me about him. I've gotten asked about Joe Daly a few times today. So that will be – I mean, that's pretty That's pretty interesting. Uh, of Wouldn't course. that be odd? I mean, Joe Daly uh-huh. literally was the face of the very first Callahan year, and uh-huh. he was he was the, the square the peg round reasons. hole guy that oh, was yeah. recruited by Solich and then ended up having to play for Callahan. Boy, wouldn't that be odd if yet for another right. for a third straight tenure, a former Nebraska starting quarterback has some kind of a role on the coaching staff. That would <laughs> it'd be actually funny. Yeah, Eric says if Rule can recruit in the top twenty to thirty and actually develop talent, I feel or I will feel very good about our chances going forward. Yeah, well, you know they're going to recruit in the top twenty to thirty. Thank you, Happer. That's what I was going to say, man. Like we they seen, always have. They always have. We saw it with, I mean, Bo Pelini, uh, a very you know lackadaisical attitude towards recruiting, usually a top 30 recruiting class. Mike Riley, you know, pretty good recruiter, organized, top 25 recruiting class. Scott Frost, all the say all the negative things you want, and Lord knows I have about his coaching tenure. They were usually a top 25 and sometimes a top 20 recruiting operation. This place, with name, image, likeness, and all of the things going for it, like, that seems to be the floor, right? Like, top 30 on average seems to be the floor. If you get that development, there was a tweet earlier from Michael Severe, and by the way, he'll be on, of course, tomorrow morning here on 1620 The Zone uh, for Severe Reaction. But he talked about the, 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 the number of draft picks that he had at Temple and then at Baylor. Go look at the recruiting rankings for Temple and Baylor. You're not going to be looking at top five to ten classes. So if he is able to replicate what he did at those past stops, you have to be feeling really, really good about his ability. So I think that's going to be something to watch. You know, you, you asked the question, I believe, John, at the very end of the interview with Schaefer, the, geographically, what, what do you think we could see with Matt Rule and recruiting? But that's, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But, man, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think we're lockstep on this one. There's a floor at recruiting at Nebraska. It's pretty high, all things considered. So if you're able to finally develop these dudes, there's no reason to think that you can't become a a regular bowl team again, if not better. He has That's, the same. He has the same profile of of guys who have worked in the in this division. You know, RIP after next year, and and uh, and in this conference where you take these, you know, middle of the road, top twenty five ish, thirty five ish recruiting classes, you maximize them, you get everything out of them that you possibly can, and in in you know the odd years or every other year, whatever it might be, when you're sort of building up. You're going to win nine, 10, even 11 football games. And like that, that's what he did at Baylor. I want to see it go after, you know, what happens after three years. But I mean, that's, that's the profile. Like, so from that standpoint, it's a total, I mean, it's a perfect, you know, seamless fit at a place like Nebraska. And that's, and it makes perfect sense for Trev Alberts and, you know, checks all those boxes too. Josh Peterson, John Bishop, Connor Happer with you, brought to you commercial-free by Shucks and Absolutely Fresh Seafood, the best seafood in Omaha, also brought to you by Tickets for Less. We'll be on for another 25 minutes. Uh, by the way, Michigan and Ohio State, that game now has moved into the second quarter. Ohio State had to settle for a field goal as they got down into the red zone on their previous drive, so they're up 10-3. to uh, They did just force, though, a punt from the Wolverines. Uh, J.J. McCarthy had a, a wide-open receiver, missed him on the throw. Also, Blake Corum, he yeah. hasn't played since their first possession. He had uh, the, the first couple of carries, immediately, though, left the field, and uh, we have not seen him ever since then. So that's what's going on early on today in college football. And Georgia just scored to take oh, a, their rats. first lead of the day, 10-7 over Georgia Tech uh, going on right now in Athens. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I promised it earlier. So I brought up, and and this isn't updated through last year's class. For some reason, Josh, we never did 
you are hits, misses, and guys. I think probably because we were so depressed. You could have been. But here are always the, misses. Well, here are the numbers as no of um, 2021. And this is going back. We went back to 2009. So starting with the 2009. Bo's first full class. Recruiting class, uh, which I believe included Rex Burkhead, correct? 2009, yes, it did. He was a, a part of the 2009 class. So Nebraska up from 2009 before last year had 89 four-star rated players, the highest-rated players. Nebraska has not recruited a five-star. Um, Baker Steinkuller was the since, last one. Since he was Baker 08. Steinkuller. Yeah. 89 four-stars. Ten have Oof. been all-conference caliber or better. Oof. Ten hits. Oof. And just to give you an example of who some of the hits are, uh, Levante David, obvious. Sure. Lamar Jackson, uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, Damian Stafford, Jordan Westerkamp. There's 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 some examples of four star recruits who ended up being hits, but only ten of eighty nine. Thirty eight of eighty nine, or forty four percent, were misses. Guys who never hit it, that never played or left early, and I'm you were talking. Just of the 6.0, and we always use the rivals uh, grading system. 6.0 is the highest four-star caliber athlete there is. Uh, Tyjon Lindsay. Ooh. Wandale. Now, Wandale left early. Wandale is kind of one of those guys you yeah. could you could slide over into the hit category, but because he left early, uh, he graded out as a miss. You at least but got something out of Wandale. You, got, yeah, you did get more than most of misses. Braylon Hurd. Aaron oh. Green, oh. Elijah Blades, oh. Avery Roberts. Avery Roberts is probably a poster oh. child for this guy who did who you know because all conference of, at Oregon State, all conference at Oregon State. Tristan Jebby, again, another guy who left. But you're talking about 44 percent of Nebraska's four stars just flat out never made the grade here or left early, and only 10 out of 89 actually achieved what I think most of us would expect from a four-star recruit. You're all-conference caliber. You're an all-conference type player. That's the bar that Nebraska has continued to miss going back to 2009. And and that's not even looking at the lower, you know, rated players, the twos and the three stars. This is where Matt Rule has to make his bones. He has to be the first coach in years to get players in here and to regularly and at a higher percentage make them better football players from the day they arrive to the day they leave. That's what makes all programs great. You know, we always think of Alabama as being, well, all they get is five stars and all they do is win with five-star talent. They win because... If even if they are five stars, they leave as five stars. They leave as first round draft picks. They leave as NFL draft picks. They leave as all Americans, right? You, you don't just come in as a five star and just become a star all by yourself. It's great coaching that does it, whether it's at Alabama or it's at Ohio State or it's at Iowa or it's at Nebraska. It's all the same. You've yeah. got to take the players what you have and make them either match the talent that they were supposed to have coming in, match the expectation, or make them 
better. If Matt Rule does that, Matt will rule in Lincoln. If he does does not, he will suffer the same fate as Scott Frost, the same fate as Mike Riley. And it and it won't work out. That's John, where that's where this has to work. Matt Rule has to be the developer that we are told he is. Nebraska, if it doesn't work, they will rue the day <laughs> where they announced his hire and listen to the three hours of uninterrupted coverage brought to you by Shucks and Absolutely Fresh Seafood, the best seafood in Omaha, and also brought to you by Tickets for Less. Uh, real quick, Michigan just forced a turnover on downs. Ohio State, guys, is moving the ball up and down the field. They went for it on fourth down, only the third incompletion of the day for C.J. Stroud. He is now 12 of 15, and so Michigan gets the ball back down by seven. The Wolverines have to be feeling great at this point in time, uh, given just how how much Ohio State's moving the ball up and down the field. But in terms of points, nothing to show for it right now. Uh, Josh, I want to expand on something that John was talking about there. Yeah. I mean, you know, so another part, you know, you develop guys and you have a system and an identity and you connect with people and that's how they stay on campus. First of all, mm-hmm. so you can, you can now, you know, <laughs> I can think of two guys this year who left and we thought, well, that's, that's sort of disappointing, but they really never were factors at Nebraska. Their names are Casey Rogers and Jordan Riley. And they went mm. and they went to Oregon and they were stalwarts on their defensive line. And yep. that's a top 10, top 15-ish team. I get it, it's a different conference and a different level of physicality up there and whatever. But they they have an idea of sort of what they're doing, how they want to use guys, and that's how you develop guys. So yes, development is in, you know, strength and conditioning and, and stuff like that, but it's also in having having a sort of identity and, and, and connecting with players. And I think that's what Matt rule really, really hangs his hat. on. Well, and that half along that John mentioned a player, I think that is a great example. And that was Avery Roberts. I mean, that was a, a guy who was a four-star player that was recruited in the, in the Mike Riley era, you know, Scott Frost, uh, and Barrett rude, his it being his position coach, right. They, they, they show up and for whatever reason, they don't think he's good enough for whatever reason. They don't think he's good enough. They run him off and the guy becomes an all-conference player. You know, and, and I, spare me the, well, he did it in the Pac-12. This is the Big Ten. Spare me. I mean, the guy's a good player. He's a good football player. And that was a, a, a position group that they struggled with in the early days. So, yeah, it's about the relationships. It's about identifying it. Like, I, I think one of the things that I will feel comfortable in saying is I don't think Matt Rule is going to show up and just run people off for the sake of doing so. I don't think he's going to have people in his ear like, oh, everyone here sucks because of the previous – coach like i mean they, well, they yeah, the previous coach is mickey joseph i don't you yeah, know it but here's here here's the advantage though josh is mickey's going to be straight with him yes exactly Mickey's going to be straight with him mickey's not going to tell him you know you need to keep all of these dudes he's going to say hey th- these are the guys that can cut it and he's the guy here's the guys that that won't and then matt's going to have to make his own decision based on that but he's going to get a straight update and, and i feel confident in saying that whether mickey joseph is still here or not just because of the way he has carried himself and just his style and, and yep. his yeah. personality. He, he is a straight it, shooter. He is not a BSer. Yeah, he does it. And it, it, it's not like, look, I did this at Baylor and I did this at Temple and, and we tried to do this at Carolina, but because of whatever, it didn't work. Like, it's not that. It doesn't, you know, and not to not to go for Scott Frost too much here, but it doesn't sound like Scott Frost. It doesn't sound like, hey, man, this is what we do. And and it works. So if you just do it, it's gonna work because of me. And this is the experience that I have in my career. No, it's it's very 
Um, you know, it, it, it fits, I think with the state a little bit as well. And, and it's just, it's, it's not overly like, um, overbearing, like we're going to, we're going to do this because this is how we do it. And it's always worked this way. It's like, no, we're going to, we're going to get to work. Um, and if you don't want to be here for the work, then that's fine. But we're going to, this is, this is what we're going to do, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, but it's not like, it's not selfish, you know? And, and I think that's really important in how, how people connect with kids and stuff like that as well. Like kids can snuff that out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's one of the things that I think you, you hear from people talk about Matt rule about like, he's a pretty genuine guy and, yeah. and that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and remember guys, with some of those new rules that have been put in place over the last few seasons, like the, the, the roster churn can be incredibly high for Matt rule and this new coaching staff. Uh, just given that you can, I mean, essentially, can cut guys, but they're still getting their scholarships at Nebraska. So they're not playing for your team anymore. They're not counting for the 85, but you are still paying for their education. So that will definitely be something to keep an eye on. I know that, you know, people uh, have the, the, a lot of questions. Okay. What does this mean for Casey Thompson? I just wonder what it means for quarterback in general and yeah. who are some of those guys that they're going to go after uh, a couple people have asked about Scott Shanley. Chris says, you guys going to bring on Scott Shanley for his take on Matt Rule, we had a text earlier from Jim and O'Neill. Have you guys discussed what was up with Scott Shanley's response? We have not talked about Scott Shanley's uh, tweets today. Uh, you know, I mean, and I've not seen them, so let me know. Yeah, let us all know what it is. So, I mean, essentially, he he'd, I, he'd be put in the negative boy bucket for uh, this hiring, and and how much negative of that boys. is negative boys, boys, you know? boys. So, I'll read this tweet. Johnny says, "I was told this." was the hire two weeks ago in person by a current successful NFL head coach. If he would have said good hire, I would have said fine. But when he side-eyed and rolled his eyes, it spoke volumes what Pierce think. Trev, you didn't get the guy you wanted. Good luck on settling. And like, I guess my view, guys, on this has been how much of his response is from the NFL circles versus how much of it as everyone shakes their head. So we're all in agreement on this. Like, look – well, and, he's not and an Mickey, NFL head coach anymore. And Mickey, New Orleans, you know, I, I think he's a big Mickey proponent as well. So that, Good point. And, yeah. not, it, not, it, not and, the, and they're division those, rivals, right. by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing, you know, what Scott was told or what Scott's reaction to what he was told is, Scott Shanley, but it's, it's, it's different, right? And I think there is still, even though we're st- seeing a little more, you know, cross-pollination between the college and the pro game, I think there is still a stigma sometimes that is attached when the hot college guy comes to the big leagues and doesn't make it. And and the NFL guys kind of look down their nose and say, could have seen that coming, right? Yep. There's still a little bit of that that exists yep. in, 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 the, in the coaching profession. So, yeah, my initial reaction to that is, well, yeah, that's an NFL coach. Who didn't think much of Matt Rule as an NFL coach? Bingo. But it, but there's very little of what he did in the college game that's really embedded in that. Because as much as we like to think that you know the world loves college football, NFL coaches watch college football for the tape. They watch college football for the players that they might draft, but they don't watch college football necessarily to get new ideas or to, to, to um, absorb the game as we all do. And so, you know, they're not necessarily now, now certainly, you know, if a, 
if, if a uh, if a pro scout or a pro coach is looking at a player coming from Alabama, yeah, they're going to consider, hey, he was coached by Nick Saban. Nick Saban's reached a very high stratosphere, you know, and so if, if you have that rub, similar to NBA guys, if a, if a player came from Coach K, you knew what you were getting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some coaches have that, but they also earn that reputation over several years and several championships. Matt Rule is still a relatively newbie to the business, a younger coach who hasn't had developed that same cachet as a Saban, as, as a Mike Krzyzewski. So there's going to be a lot of people that aren't necessarily going to look at Matt Rule in a favorable light unless they've had a positive experience with Matt Rule. We have no idea who this NFL coach is that was talking to Scott Shanley. We don't know, you know, if maybe he and Matt Rule had had, had cross words at one point. We don't know where all of that is coming from. So while, yeah, Scott, he's got his opinion. This NFL coach, whoever he was, has his opinion. I think it's more based on, you know, just the brief time that Matt Rule spent with the Carolina Panthers and not necessarily based on what he did at Temple or what he did at Baylor. Well, it just makes sense that the – so what was the the phrasing that he used? Eye roll? You know, he gave him an eye roll. Like, that makes perfect sense from – from an NFL coach Bingo. and how they viewed Matt Rule, because what did we talk about before, it's a little, it's a little hokey, like it is, and and what he's going to bring to Nebraska is, um, you know, he's going to have some catchphrases and and whatever, and he's going to say one, one of us, one of us, one one of of us. and in the NFL, it's it's too much of a, a club already. Like you can't break, you can't get into the club and try and do something new and change the club. Like it's that's not how it works in the NFL. So the, the club is going to say, I roll, see you later, you know, be like one of us actually. And, you know, we'll try something different. And Jim on Twitter, J tech instructions on Twitter feed says, I'm guessing NFL coaches don't think very highly of old herb either. Guarantee you. They don't. I know they don't. The writers don't. None of them do. That doesn't necessarily mean that urban Meyer wouldn't still be a good college coach. Now, again, I will say, I don't think he has the energy for a job like this, so I'm not advocating that Urban Meyer should have been Nebraska's coach, but it's just, it's it, it, it's it's a very different world, the NFL, to the college game, and, and, and it's why so few have been able to succeed at small both list. levels. God, it's a small list, man. It's, it's a very small list, and, and small one of those guys who, who technically succeeded only did so because he had Jimmy Johnson's players, and that was Barry Switzer, right? Yeah. But yeah, no seriously. one's going to sit back and say Barry Switzer was a great NFL coach. He just kind of walked into a really good situation in the moment. Yeah, now we're going to be returning to those days very, very shortly. Uh, this, uh, Barry wow. Switzer's coming back? Good, nice. Uh, Josh Peterson, Connor Happer, John Bishop, we're with you 10 more minutes. Uh, we've been on commercial free for almost three hours. Thanks to our friends at Shucks and Absolutely Fresh Seafood, the best seafood in Omaha. Also, our friends at tickets for less. If you want to give us a call, feel free. We have 10 minutes left at 402-951-1620. Guys, Money Chris emails and he goes, I would want to know who Scott thinks was the guy that Trev missed on and Rule was uh, who he settled for. I think that's a good way to describe it. If this is settling, then I think Nebraska settled for a pretty good head coach. We only have a few minutes left. We've done the baseball analogies before. We've done the great analogies before. We've now had a few hours for this news to land with us. We've had a few days to expect this news to land as we get ready to sign off. I wonder how you feel about this hire, whether it's a grade, whether it's a baseball analogy, Happer, if you want to give me a hockey analogy, that's cool too. I just wonder how you guys feel that Nebraska did with the news becoming official earlier this morning. Well, I, you know, I I think it's 
whatever is really, really good. I mean, I, I don't know that it would be like a plus because I think in order to get that high, you're probably talking about it have to, it, it has to really, you know, yeah. come together on the resume and all that stuff as well. And that's what people are going to point out. They're going to be individual things that you could point out regardless of who the coach was like, yeah, I just don't know about this part of it. Um, and for Matt rule, it's his what 47 and 43, um, yep. you know, record. And I, I think, if you look outside of that, you you give it a little bit of context and what he did at Baylor and what he did at Temple. And I and I really think I've been I've been sort of driving this home the entire show today. But I think his experience in Carolina could be taken as a positive as well, because when you look at the previous coach, he had never failed before and he acted like he had never failed before. And then when he failed, it didn't necessarily go so well. So and not that not to compare the two exactly. But I do think you can learn from those experiences, and he seems like the type of you know adult person who would take a lot from a negative experience in Carolina, which is which is really really good. I love the Texas ties. Um, yes, you know that's I think that's one thing that we hit on a lot during the show. Um, I think that's really really important. I think last night on on overreaction, I called it like it can't be anything less than a than a B plus. You know, and and I think that's, I guess, where I would sit today. I'm excited to see what he does over the next week, two weeks, three, to, you know, create a staff. The Mickey Joseph thing is going to be huge. And then the roster thing comes basically right after that. So, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty, pretty fast-paced next two, three, four weeks before we get to New Year and start moving, you know, turning the page to 2023. I think it's it's hard for me to put a grade on it. Um, but I'll try. I will go back to what I said earlier, and that is that in terms of the most realistic pool of candidates that Nebraska could have gotten, I think they got one of their better coaches. Um, you know, they, they went in, in the deepest waters they could realistically fish in. They got a really good catch. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I never thought that Urban Meyer was realistic um, for a lot of reasons. Um, Luke Fickle would have also been in this, this, these waters um, if, if, if Fickle would have been the guy, uh, but I don't know how realistic it would have been. I think, so grading on that curve and then looking at and, and consider what he inherited. Temple was a bad program. And he turned them around and made them conference champions. Mm -hmm. Baylor was in a different spot where they had been a really good program, but because of the sexual assault charges that were on campus and the turmoil that, that ended up uh, undoing the Art Bryles campaign, he inherited a situation kind of similar to um, what happened with Bill O'Brien and, and Penn State and what he was able to do at Baylor basically rebuilding that from scratch from a very poisoned culture. So they're two very different styles of rebuilds. I think that's important. So when you combine what he did there at those two places and the fact that I think this is one of the, you know, better catches that Nebraska could have realistically got, I'll give it an A. Um, I won't wow. guarantee that it's, I'll give it an A because, I, because I think it, I think it is, for what realistically Nebraska could have gotten, I think it's a it's a really good hire. And and now the catch will be can he continue the success of building 
that he did at Temple, that he did at Baylor, because it's a different circumstance here. But but we're always don't be under the illusion that every rebuild is the same because mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I like the fact that the Temple rebuild was very different from the Baylor rebuild. And this one's going to be very different because never before has Matt Rule inherited a blue blood type program that has previous national championships and has been through their longest bowlless streak in 60 years and their longest losing streak in 60 years. So that's going to be different. But I like the fact that he's got that experience having done, you know, different styles of rebuild. So I, I will give it an A um, while at the same time also saying, I don't know if it will work out because we thought the last one was going to work out and sure. it didn't. We thought yeah. Bo was going to work out. And yeah, Bo was good for what Bo did. But remember the expectations in 2004 or 2008 or 2015 are all different. The expectations today are much different. And I think the eight-year contract is also a sign that Trev Albert says, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to build it right. And I think he has a builder who has some prior experience. So I'll give it an A. I'm going to go with a B or a B plus. I think it's a really good hire. I think the floor is is higher certainly than it was um, over the last few years. Uh, I, I want to see, you know, what type of staff that he puts together. I Look, I'm going to go back to something that Happer said a, a few hours ago, and that's like I think coming off of a failure in the NFL, I, I don't hate that, man. I think that that can be good. It can be hungry. And, look, if, if people want to point out, um, like, hey, they just tried that with basketball. They hired a basketball coach who was really good in college, went to the pros, was bad in the pros. He stunk. That's fine. That's fine. Different sports, though, different coaches, different life experiences. Um, I think that they got a really good coach, um, and, and I, I like that he's young. I Look, he could have sat on the sidelines and not done anything and, and, made, a, a paycheck. and made a whole lot of money. And so Dada402 says Saturday sunshine pumping. Maybe I'm, I'm pumping sunshine. I think that they got a good coach, though, and I think that that will bear itself out over the, uh, the next few years. By the way, guys, as we uh, sign off today, Michigan just scored on third down and they tied up the game uh, at 10 with seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. It's crazy. Ohio state, I feel like is kicking their, them up and down the field. And yet it's tied. Now Michigan just has to be feeling absolutely great. I uh, wanted to give a, another shout out to our friends at shucks and absolutely fresh seafood, the best seafood in Omaha. Also tickets for less. Also huge. Thank you. Conrad got us going earlier. Thanks to Nick for coming in. Uh, and producing the uh, the rest of the show. Appreciate those guys for helping us out. We've been on and, the air. And producer Josh. And producer Josh helping us out with all of our, our graphic work. Um, you know, we, we have certainly been planning this for a while now. Thank you to everyone who is with us. For Connor and I went on, it says three hours, 16 minutes, and 35 seconds ago. But we've been on the radio for now three hours. We appreciate everyone for joining us throughout the, uh, the last a uh, few hours coming up. We have severe reaction tomorrow. Michael will give his opinions on what he thought of this from eight until 10. And then of course we will be back on 1620, the zone on Monday, Gary and friends from six to 10 Happer 10 to two. And in the midst of that, the press conference, my guess is that press conference will bleed on into our time slot. John and me from two to six on unsportsmanlike conduct. 
uh, we'll have you covered, uh, whether it's on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, 1620 The Zone TV, the 1620 The Zone app. Did I forget anything? The Twitter feeds, all that good stuff. 1019 The Zone. Are we on 1019 The Zone? <laughs> Nick, put us on 101.9 The Zone oh, uh, Nick, as well. Nick says no. As, as it gives us the uh, thumbs down. But We only uh, save that for top 10 basketball teams. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, Nick. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back. All of us will be back on the air on Monday. Uh, Nick, again, thank you to you. And thanks again to Shucks and Tickets for Lesh. Uh, absolutely fresh seafood. Uh, what a day it was. Matt Rule, Nebraska's new head coach. Michigan, Ohio State, we're going to join in progress right now here on 1620 The Zone. Goodbye.